All right, good morning, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Organizational Research and Development Podcast. I'm your host and founder of the company, Philip Eag, and I want to thank you for taking the time to tune in, press play, and give us a listen today. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about just a couple things. Uh, one is, you know, as the months kind of closed out a little bit, I just want to give a little bit of an update on a recent speaking engagement um, that I was a part of where I had the pleasure of um, providing some work and research. Uh, and then the second is I'm going to be giving you just uh, a little bit more of an updated view about getting into organizational development, um, getting into consulting work, and, and really kind of what that world's like. I think when I did this episode um, about a year or two ago when I started this show, you know, you have your initial thoughts, you have your, based on your experiences and what you've kind of gone through, now that I'm a little older and I have a few more years of experience and projects under my belt, um, I want to just kind of update that perspective and give you some content because I, I get I get these kind of questions a lot, you know, when, when you're in this field for um, close to about a decade, right? Like, how do I, if I want to make the career switch, how do I do it? Um, if I'm interested in getting into this career, how do I do it? How do I make a living? So we're going to talk about that today. Um, but like I mentioned before we do so, I do want to just kind of talk a little bit about, so uh, at the time of this recording, this is towards the end of uh, the month of September. If you've been following us on the LinkedIn page, Organizational Research and Development, uh, or you've been to our website, www.organizationalrnd.com, uh, you'll know that we've actually started doing some speaking engagements in person and virtual, which is super exciting. Um you know, I, I mentioned this, I think, in the very first episode, but this has always been a, a calling of mine, an intrinsic motivator for sure. You get into this field not just to do um, some really unique work, but you get into this field to make an impact and really provide insight and work to people that can that can help them. And um, when you're asked and, and you meet a great group of people that would like you to speak and share some insight to their, their population... That is certainly just another avenue of, of accessing that channel. And so, um, yeah, about a week ago, so we were at the Peninsula uh, Sherm chapter in Virginia. Um, we were a part of their Leadership Summit uh, conference, and we gave a speech on rethinking your most essential roles. And the purpose of that speech was to help leaders and and specifically people in human resource kind of look at how their people on the front lines who are part of these um, departments that have continuous, predictable turnover, um, how you can utilize communication and feedback skills to help them rethink their roles, help them rethink how they see it, what their connection is to the organization, what their connection is to the work uh, that the organization produces. Um, I, I felt like it was very successful. Um, we, uh, I debuted some theories there and some work which seemed to go over really well. I'll talk more about that towards the end of this episode. Um, but also, too, just as a as kind of just a shout out and, and just an update, you know, you, you never know what you're going to get with every with every public speaking opportunity or, or every group you interact with. And the, the Penn Sherm group was just fantastic from start to finish. Um, they not only uh, hosted just a really welcoming uh, event, but it was also really funny. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I legitimately had a great time. You know, sometimes you think human resource summit conference. You know, all these kind of big words. 
uh, these like large scale words that paint these big pictures in your mind. And it was just an awesome group of people that wanted to learn. Um, they engaged with all of the speakers uh, and they had really great um, questions and they were funny. They were really funny people. Uh, they were you saw tons of smiles in the audience. Um, the group, the 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 actual uh, uh, group from the chapter, um, had a real great command and presence in 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 the conference. I mean, everything flowed on time. Um, they had fun activities to help people network with each other to get to know each other, and. From someone that that's from the outside, you know, for me it was a little bit of a hike down there. It was it was absolutely a hundred percent worth it. Um, you got to meet just some amazing people who really put the human back in human resource um, leaders who really believe in um, building constructive, diverse teams that can work cohesively together and 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 corralling them and and developing them to uh, achieve an objective. And I, I just thought too, I, I, I apologize um, for those that uh, are listening. I don't have all the names up in front of me here, but but the, the speakers were fantastic. I, I felt like it was it was worth it. Um, and not just as a sign of respect, but I felt like it was it was for my benefit um, to stay for all of the speeches and to be a part of them. And you you heard from just some incredible women who um, had real real monumental um, uh, uh, obstacles that they had to overcome in their in their careers and to see where they are now and the kind of work that they shared with us um, connecting you know finding meaning in your work um, connecting uh, your work with joy um, building uh, diversity within your organization uh, self-leadership self-empowerment um, all of those things blended so well together and they connected to this, this kind of vision of, you know, just charting the course, like what's next. And, um, when you get into, when you think about it from an organizational development lens, you know, those topics around, around just connecting your work with meaning, connecting your work with joy, um, the value of, of diverse teams and, and what does that actually look like and, and what does that actually mean? Um, and then talking about leading within yourself. Um, leading with leading with with self empowerment and kind of being your own CEO, um, the topics that that each of the other speakers presented besides us was just so informative. Um, they all had a unique flavor to them. Uh, they all had a bit of um, uh, humor to go with them as well too. They had great presence, and their content was was fascinating. It was really it was really interesting. And and I've sat through so many presentations in my career. Um, and in my professional journey, uh, you want to be able to, to, to see some, I think perspective matters is what I'm getting at. Perspective matters. And when someone can introduce a new perspective, um, even if it's around something, even if it's around a topic that we've already heard a, a thousand times over, um, when they can introduce a new perspective or they can present it with a new kind of flair and, and energy it does add a new a new shiny coat onto that topic and, and it makes you want to learn so um, I want to just thank the the Penn Sherm chapter uh, hopefully we come back again next year we'd love to uh, rejoin and, and provide more uh, research and work on our end um, but I want to just thank them for an awesome conference um, and for everyone that was in attendance it was a pleasure to meet uh, pleasure to meet you. 
and uh, connect with you. And we hope that you know you continue to engage with us, whether it's through LinkedIn, our website, or even just you know shooting us an email because that's how that's how we like to roll over here. So, okay. So um, the second part of this, uh, the second part of this. Uh, podcast episode is, is just going to be updating our perspective and just our insight on getting into the field of organizational development, whether it's as a coach, a trainer, uh, a consultant. Um, ironically, when I was at the um, the Sherm conference, I was approached by a couple people about how you get in, how you get into uh, this kind of field. What kind of insight do you have, and and where should I begin? So. Um, you know, if you've been listening to our show this long, you know that I go pretty much off script. I like to just kind of go with the flow. Um, so I'm going to approach this and kind of dance around this from a, a few different angles. And some of the stuff may be similar from what you heard from our, our, our prior coverage on this topic, but I think an updated perspective is definitely going to uh, surface here. So, okay, so you're, you see people getting up on stage, you see them talking about the work that they do, um, you hear them talking about doing things like field research, you hear them talking about doing consulting and coaching and training, and you may be someone that's kind of on the outside looking in and you're attracted by this sector of work, you're attracted to this type of work, and you're not really sure where to begin. One of the things that I, I, I you know, that's still true today, in my opinion, is if you're looking to get into consulting, coaching, training, any type of OD work, um, there really isn't one de- one clear defined path. It, there's really not. You know, if you think about someone wanting to become a doctor or someone wanting to become a lawyer or a police officer, there's there's a clear step. There's a clear identified step process for that, right? Um, whether it's you know going to some t- kind of schooling institution, doing rotations, um, getting in training hours, and then getting certified, there's a there's a clear path that people can can um, easily learn about and and understand where they need to go from where they are. Consulting and coaching is really different, and I think part of that is because there's such a the the words consulting, coaching, training facilitating uh, there there's so much uh, varied meaning around those words and there's so many people that work in those kind of fields that it kind of dilutes where we need to go it kind of produces this like fog around us and we know we want to work with people we know that we want to be at that intersection of, of helping individuals solve problems but there's then the quite then we kind of reach our threshold it's like what does that look like what does that actually mean so look, here's where here I'm just going to lay out a couple of things that you can that you can start thinking about. One is depending on where you're at in your career, you can always go back to a school uh, and get a a a you know a legitimized you know solid degree in organizational development and leadership, um, organizational psychology, industrial uh, organizational uh, work. There's, there's every university kind of brands it a little differently, um, but I, I definitely, I knew I wanted to go back. I actually started um, my degree was in communication studies with a minor in peace and conflict. Years later, I think it was about like four to six years later, I went back to get my master's in organizational development and leadership. By the time I was already earning that degree, I was still, I was already working in OD. So you don't necessarily need the degree to get into this field, uh, but a degree certainly helps. Um, so you can get a degree, 
Uh, also, there's a variety of certification programs that are out there. You may have experienced DISC, uh, or you may have heard about it. Um, Herman Brain Dominance, um, uh, Corn Ferry, uh, International Coaching Federation. There's a variety of certifications that you can earn out there. Uh, and some people may feel like, well, I, I, maybe I should start there. Certifications are good. I don't know that that's necessarily where you want to initially start off with. I'm pretty skeptical about certifications, and, and I have a few. Um, I don't know that you necessarily need to start there, but that's definitely an avenue that you can start learning. And that brings me to kind of the first core concept of if you're looking to get into this field. You need to have a learning mindset because in this field of work, you are going to work with so many different people and each person has a multitude of different combinations, uh, demographic combinations. They may be younger, older, they may be in their organization for decades, they may be just starting, um, they may be a high-performing employee, they may be a existing manager, they may, there, there's so many different combinations of people that you work with in this field that you need to make sure that every day you're waking up and if you're really determined to get into this field, you need to wake up and, and ask yourself, what am I going to learn today? Um, that's how I started. I like For me, the learning mindset is something that I had to develop. Um, I think one of the things that kind of scared me a little bit about getting into consulting and coaching work is, is kind of this overhanging question of like, well, what if I fail? And you ask that question, it's like, well, what does that actually mean? And you have to take a moment to actually think about what that means. But, you know, like for me, I was I was a little bit concerned about, you know, what if what if I fail at my work? What if, you know, my my uh, effort or my techniques are uh, unresponsive? And to be honest, that kind of stuff doesn't really happen too much, especially if, if you, you know, approach it with a learning mindset because what you're doing is you're observing how people work. You're observing how people communicate. You're observing how people um, function in an organizational setting. So I, I'm kind of going down a little bit of a rabbit hole, so let me just kind of back up here. So, um, okay, so one thing you can do, obviously, is, is you can go back to a university or some kind of educational institution. You can get a bachelor's if you're, uh, if, if you're interested in that. You could get a master's degree, something in organizational development, leadership, workplace culture. Um, to a degree, I think you could even uh, put in human resources in there. Um, and then outside of an educational institution like a university, um, there are certification programs like the um, ICF, uh, DISC, um, uh, HBDI, um, Myers-Briggs. You, you know, you can start collecting your, your certifications in that. The third thing is uh, you, you need to just start looking for an organization that um, allows some kind of, con uh, that provides an opportunity to get into some kind of consultation work um, that allows you to actually exercise those, those skills. To me, practice and actual application are the best teachers in, in this field. It's, it's how you start to develop your own identity. It's how you start to develop your own, the, um, your own routine and your own theoretical work, which is going to become very important when you, when you really start to take flight. 
So um, for me, I, I actually began my uh, career in this working at the company that performs the Top Workplaces Employer Recognition Program. Um, I was there for about four years and, and I had the opportunity to um, do a variety of different consultations and, and uh, coaching and training work. And when you get your foot in the door, you know, you can kind of, you can first off see how a company performs it and you can, you know, critically analyze and think about, you know, benefits of how they do it and also some of the um, drawbacks on how they do things. And from there, you can really start to develop your own kind of consulting style. You can design, you can kind of really think about your own consultation approach. But more importantly, you get exposure. You get exposure to different types of people, different types of problems, um, and you start to real, you start to see how can what what it actually means to consult, what it actually means to coach, and what it actually means to train. So. Okay, if we know that you can get employed at, an, at a workplace, you can certainly go back to an institution um, to get some additional education, and you can also get training. Um, where, what else can you do, right? And someone was asking me about this uh, at the recent conference. And, you know, I think out of all of those, I, 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 I always fall back on your real-world experience matters. Um, uh I met, I met someone at the uh, SHRM conference last week, and they shared with me all of the different departments um, of an organization that they had worked in. And they were able to, without hardly any verbal pauses, they were able to talk about the differences between working in each one. And they were asking me, you know, how do I take that experience and, and, and bundle it up into getting into consulting work, essentially? And part of my answer was, well, you already are. I mean... Consulting, consulting and coaching, remember, at the end of the day, this is a field that is, is heavily invested in people-to-people interactions. No matter what company you may work for or if you're on your own, you can have all of the you know, most amazing tech and SaaS products available and all the best measurements and tools you, you know, and certifications. But at the end of the day, this is a field that solely comes down to converting on your human-to-human interactions. In order for change to happen, you have to be able to utilize active listening, dialogue, and, and just overall communication skills. That's, that's really your key to success. And, and if you've been following the show or if you've interacted with you know, me and my company, you know it's you got to keep it simple. Simple doesn't mean that it's easy. Simple just means that we're all in agreement. We all like know what it is that we're working at and what we're delivering. And you need to you need to be able to master those skills in in a variety of different ways because you're going to meet a variety of different people. You'll be in a, a variety of different sectors. Uh, you'll be in a variety of different sized organizations and situations. So you need to make sure your skills are agile. You need to make sure that they can match and or are, can be positively received by the situation that you're going to be involved in or that you're going to work in. So for people that are, are listening to this, that are looking to make the jump into, in, into organizational development, know that, you know again, you can always get employed. Um, and if you need help with that, certainly reach out to us. You know, you can certainly tailor your resume. I, I've had people reach out to me and they said, you know, I, I, I come from the accounting field or I come from the educational field and I want to move, you know, into the OD field. I don't know how to do that. Um, you, you can do that. There's a lot of, there's a lot of parallel skills from, from different sectors that apply to organizational development. So if you need help with that, definitely let us know. 
Um, but you can obviously get employed, you can uh, get that education, and you can get those certifications. But in the meantime, what you need to be doing is you need to be collecting experience, just like a video game, right? Like you, you need to be getting a variety of different experiences because your experiences give you data in, in real time. If you have experience working with a variety of different sectors, I'd argue that's actually more important and valuable than getting a degree uh, from a university. Consulting is, is to me, I, and, and maybe this is kind of you know the, the attitude that I take, but I like to get my hands, I like to get my hands dirty. I like to get into projects. I like to work with people. I like to learn and understand the challenges that they're having and partner with them to overcome them. And as we're doing that, you're getting experience. You're getting real world experience talking. You're getting real world experience of asking good questions then your questions become great questions and then they become dynamic questions like you upgrade your questioning skills you upgrade your listening skills you'll stop trying to listen for every little thing that's coming out of someone's mouth and you'll listen for the themes and you'll connect the themes to the situation and you'll ask a question to help guide that client to a better solution or to help motivate them to make a change in their workplace i'm just kind of talking about this from a uh, a high level perspective but that's what that's what I always tell people. Um, that that's what I, I I tell people who ask me like how do you, like where do you begin where do you get started in this field, and I I tell them like you need to get experience a variety of different experiences. Um, I've worked with some outstanding consultants and coaches. I've also worked with some terrible ones, and the distinction between the two is you you the people who have gotten their hands you know in the mud and have you know really tangled with learning and and being experiential and working you know on site and and you know in the thick of a project you can tell the those type of people uh, those types of uh consultants and coaches from the people who just try to practice something out of a book like um you know like i i i read this okr book and so now i can i can teach it right and and it doesn't work like that it doesn't work like that and so to me, at least, I always promote experience. Experience above all else because experience is what will test your skills. It will also test you in your your self-leadership, your self-belief and trust within yourself. Because when you are coaching, when you are training, and when you are consulting, that is you. And there will be days where you know, it just doesn't land or maybe you have a difficult client that you're working with or maybe there's a... a, a, a a significant change in the project that wasn't previously foreseen or, or talked about. And that's going to throw you off. But for the most part, for the most part, consistently here, you know, when you when you practice in real time, when you engage in real time, you're going to find way more success. You're going to find way more growth and achievement in your work. And you're going to find that your skills consistently level up. You're going to learn how to, you know, almost kind of like a Jedi, right? Like you'll walk into a room and you'll know your social butterflies. You'll know your people that just want you to talk concise to the point. You'll know your visionary people. You'll know the people that need data and analytics to make decisions. And you'll utilize active questions. You'll utilize open-ended questions to help build trust, to build good intention and relations so that people start moving together as like, two feet apart of a body rather than just like, you know, hopping around on one leg. And I think that's a I think that's something that gets lost when we talk about being a consultant. 
you know, when I was trying to get into this field, the whole word about being a consultant was was very prestigious. It, you know, it was very, it, to me at least, I'm just projecting my experience. So this may not be true for everyone else. But when I was trying to become a consultant and I was trying to get into this field, you know, I, I had I had many times the door closed in my face or or I dealt with, you know, feeling like some kind of exclusive club or a very prestigious club. And as I've as I've not only transitioned out of the corporate world into my own work, but I've conducted my own work successfully, you realize that it's really people-to-people interactions. It's how well do you learn? How well do you build relations? How well do you actively listen and dialogue in a way that's in the betterment of the client as well as the project? Um, because at the end of the day, there is also, too, a stigma around consulting, coaching, and training that it it, it it's you know, wasted, it's wasted money. It's wait, you know, nothing ever good happens out of consulting, right? It's just more chefs in the kitchen. And it doesn't have to be that way. You know, that's why I always encourage people who are interested in getting into this field to give their hand at it, because there's a lot of good work you can do in this field. So uh, I know we're getting to the top of the episode here. Uh, I know that we covered a, a good bit about the um, the Penn Sherm conference and wanted to just update our views on getting into the consulting work. So for our last kind of go around here, just to kind of summarize it, last kind of go around, you know, you should know, and if you're not already aware, there's always an educational institution out there like a college or a university. There's tons of groups out there that will provide certifications that are recognized by companies and organizations as desirable, like DISC, uh, HBDI, uh, Myers-Briggs, Corn Ferry. I don't know that you necessarily need them all. I don't know that even uh, you'll use them all to the amount that you will pay to get trained in them, but that's for another topic for another time. Um, there's also um, there's also just the you know looking for employment. You know whether it's on LinkedIn or Indeed or or Monster.com or someone that you know in your network. Look to look to seek out employment that you know they will mentor you and support you in becoming a, a really strong top-tier consultant um, or, or at least one that's going to grow into one, right? Um, and then just from my angle, you know, I, I look at it, my two cents is, you know, first off, you need a variety of experience, you know, and, and it doesn't even have to be experience in the workplace. If you volunteer in organizations, if you volunteer your time outside of the workplace, for organizations like nonprofits, that's that's OD experience right there. That nonprofits need a lot of OD consulting work, and that's experience right there. Working with people, um, you want to get as much varied experience as you can. That may require you to move around to a few departments, or it may you know it may encourage you to move to a few different types of jobs, and you know hang out there for about a year or two and just kind of gather experience. Maybe a year or two, maybe less. Um, but you need you need varied experience. You need varied experience. One of the positives of working at top workplaces was I was able to have so much exposure to um, companies all across the United States from different sectors, from different industries, and different sized organizations. And that gave me the the opportunity to learn how to work with people and to consult them, and for them to be willing to accept consultation. Um, so you want to definitely get those experiences down. You want to get a ton of, uh, you know, a, a, like maybe four to set, um, four to six, four to seven different kinds of experiences throughout your professional career. 
Uh, and then, you know, lastly, you want to always be leveling up your skills. You want to be leveling up your questioning skills, your dialoguing skills, your communication skills. That involves your body language, your 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 posture, your emotional intelligence. Um, these skills all matter because they will help you be agile um, depending on the kind of situations or problems that you're asked to solve or consult on. Um, and I've worked with international nonprofits. I've worked on DEI projects. I've worked uh, with law enforcement, government, corporations. I, I've worked with a large group. And where I'm most successful is when I recognize how agile my skills can be. And that allows them to be effective for the client, which that's what you want to do, right? You always want your client to come out on top. You always want to solve that problem or give people the right tools to move forward. Um, so, you know, recognize that that's an area there too. Uh, okay. So, uh, with just a couple minutes left, uh, I do just want to kind of share too that, uh, for our next episode, um, we're going to be discussing a theory that I shared actually at the recent Sherm conference, um, called communication range theory. So make sure you're tuning in for that. I'm sure it's going to be something that's very insightful and useful to you. Um, there's actually going to be an activity that you can follow along with and do and take back with you to your workplace and work with your colleagues on. So uh, communication range theory is going to be the next uh, podcast episode that I do. And if you have any questions, you know, these episodes, I try to keep them to about a half hour, but there's always so much that we can talk about. There's always so many different rabbit holes that I want to get sucked into. Um, but if you have questions about getting into organizational development, being a coach, being a consultant, um, feel encouraged to reach out to us. If you're interested in learning more and you just kind of need someone to t connect with, Follow us on LinkedIn, Organizational Research and Development, or feel encouraged to connect with us uh, on our website at www.organizationalrnd.com. Thank you so much for taking a listen, and we'll be back with another episode. Take care.